Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Manchester United 2, Liverpool 4. I really can't remember the last time I've celebrated a Liverpool goal that much. I really can't remember the last time. Which one of them? Because there are actually some decent goals to celebrate this time. The last one. The last one. Because I'm not I'm 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 not I'm used to Liverpool scoring a goal in games, even though sometimes it's rare. But I can't remember a game that they've closed out so powerfully this season. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think you could tell from Salah's reaction and the rest of the players' reaction, I think they felt about the same as we did. Because there was definitely a sense of relief on that one. Even last week, when Thiago scored the in the last few minutes or whatever to make it 2-0, I was happy, but it wasn't the same excitement as today. Maybe it's because it actually means something in our in the race with top four. I don't know what the difference is, or maybe because it's Manchester United, but I'm just happy that I'm happy. You know what? This was a bit more of an exciting game. Um, what I would say is in last week's or last week's game, the last game that we played, it was more a sake of uh, they weren't getting a whole ton of chances. They didn't score any goals. And so, you know, there was a bit of worry, but they weren't getting those quality chances that really did worry you. Where today with Man U, they scored two goals. So there was a feeling that they could potentially get a third. Um, so when Salah scored it, I mean, yeah, it, it made a world of difference. That's true. Perhaps it was the last game, even though I was on edge, it wasn't an exciting edge. It was more of an edge of, I've seen this so many times where we have a 1-0 lead and we just managed to allow the other team to equalize. But in this one, it was literally end-to-end. And I don't know, there was just something different about this game. And it's been a long time since I felt like I'm watching Liverpool play. Well, this one this one looked like we were generating consistent high quality chances. Right. right. As opposed to before where we generate possession, we generated chances. Um also, this was just a flat out exciting game. Like it was just a lot of fun. It really was. And I can imagine that a lot of neutrals would have enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was worth the wait. <laughs> uh well, I mean, what I would say to it was, in all honesty, it was fun as a neutral. And even if we had tied, which I would have been, you know, obviously devastated, it still would have been a fun watch, which I can't right. say about a lot of our games because, frankly, a lot of our games are they sit deep, we hold but generate nothing, and then they score at the last minute. Or they don't score at the last minute, but either way, it's not really exciting. This was legit exciting. Right. So I, I think that's kind of the difference on this one. And and in all honesty, it was a lot of fun. But what I would say, which I, I haven't actually heard a lot of people say, is this was not a matchup between two, between two equal teams. This was a top team, which Liverpool found its mojo again. And this was a shell of a team that's supposed to be good in Man U. There, I mean... You know, you can say what you want, but they just they didn't look great. They they had two goals. Both of them required the ball coming off a Liverpool player to go into the net. I can't overstate the fact that without a defensive tip-in, neither of those would have gone in. To be fair, the Fernandez shot really did look like it was creeping in. It was I, I think he meant to elevate it a little, a little bit more, but it looked like it was going to, at the very least, swing it to the inside post. 
But agreed, it wasn't a clean opportunity. It was it was going because to Al- because Allison wasn't moving. That's the only reason why I say that. So it maybe, was maybe, going maybe to go. At, so he wasn't going to get it no matter what he did. Um, and I agree, it had curve. But if you actually watch the ball, it's not spinning fast enough to curve enough. It would have curved, and at best, it would have gone off the post. It was not going in. I've watched that shot many times. So I I know some people say it would have. Don't buy that. It wasn't going in regardless. Um, they still needed Liverpool's help on their goals. Let's be clear. And and fine, even if it was going in, Fabinho gets an assist on that one for God knows what he was doing. I know. We need to get him out of the penalty box. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. He 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 went to play defense for most of the season, and then he forgot how to play the game. It's 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 it is really fascinating what happens when you play two defenders because even if I mean can you imagine in the past three years ever considering that we'd be playing Nat Phillips and Reese Williams against Manchester United in a must win game and we would win right? But I guarantee you that if we play Fabinho at the back, we would not have won that game. No, we wouldn't have won. So many reasons. But the other thing is, I can even remember a couple times where, like, here's the thing: you can't teach height. And you can't teach central defending like instinct. Overnight, like yeah. Reese was not great today. I'll be honest; he didn't look fantastic. He looked maybe a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit scared. Um, you know, his rating wasn't great. He didn't win. He only won two of five duels, so he wasn't doing great. He lost possession four times, but he got his head on things. Not only that, but even that block against Mason Greenwood when he had the shot that um, Nat Phillips saved on the line, and then Reese kind of knelt down and saved it. Can you imagine? I don't see Fabinho doing that because that's not his instinct, right? Oh, I can, but, I can tell you exactly what Fabinho would have done. Pound the shot. Right, right, right. So Reese Williams has been playing as a defender all his life and he knows when to go for a block and his instinct tells him, okay, now you know, I need to, to bend down and then um, put my, you know, block the path on net. That's just instinct and you can't teach that. And you can only calculate or dream about the number of points we've lost because we chose not to play natural defenders at the back all season i'll be honest this season feels like a just a a nightmare of mistakes like had we played two defenders at the back the whole time we probably would be safe for champions league had we actually been able to put away chances like forwards who are paid like our forwards are had put them away would have been fine had you know um, Van Dyke not suffered a horrible injury. Gomez not suffered a freak injury. We would have been fine. Like just so many things. And even Hendo, even Hendo being out, the two games that we tied, not the last one, but the two before that, I don't see us tying those with Hendo. I think we win those. We're in the clear right now. We're sailing into Champions League. So it just feels like everything's kind of been against us, not the least of which is the refing. Oh, my God. Yeah, and 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 if you recall at the start of this or towards the start of the season into the middle of it, I mean, I'd have to go back and check how many goals were ruled out for Mane because you can tell that VAR has just conspired to dent his confidence to now where until a few days, a few games ago, he's he's almost he's afraid to shoot because he thinks, "What's the point? It'll just be called off, right?" And so, so Liverpool have lost the most goals from VAR in the league, and Liverpool mm-hmm. also have the most points off defensive errors in the league. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and and I'll be honest, I think the majority of those come from Fabinho, but 
um, you know, now with real defenders. But look, I mean, okay, VAR. Let's blame VAR. But it's not even VAR. What on earth was the ref watching when Mane was taken down just outside the box? I don't care if you slip. That's really irrelevant if you slip or not. If you take a guy down from behind, not even making a play on the ball, trip, not trip, whatever. I mean, it's a free kick, not a big deal. Nobody's saying you get a red card for it, but you've got to call that. So it's either... This happens every game now, and it's always with money. So it's either the refs have kind of come together and decided that there's a particular type of dive or fall that they are not going to call, and it just so happens to be the way that money plays, or Klopp and his coaching staff need to get smarter and, and coach him into realizing he's not going to get those. So stop, you know. So I, I very much agree with you. And we've talked in the past about how Liverpool players need to learn how to go down. But this one wasn't even that. This was just blatantly a guy fell on top of you. I mean, anyone with the naked, I saw it. <laughs> and I just, I have, I don't know what you do to that. I truly don't. It's, it's, and, and in all honesty, like the refereeing in general at the, at the beginning of the game, you know, Liverpool should have had a penalty shot on the pass that was coming through. I think if I'm not mistaken, it was Firmino going to pass to Jota. I mean, Firmino maybe should have shot, but okay, you're going down as a defender. Fine. Your hand is behind you bracing and the ball hits your hand and doesn't go to the man who then has the breakaway. Regardless of if you wanted your hand there or not, that's not a natural hand position. And even if it is, you stop the goal chance. Therefore, it's a penalty shot. That's just the rule. But then contrast that with when Tiago turned his back and did the chicken wing <laughs> and they got a, a free kick on the edge of the box. Right? Like neither of those are natural hand positions, but only one of them got a call. And I think that's really the fundamental thing. It's fine, whatever you call, just keep it consistent. And I think that's really the complaint from Liverpool in general, that, that the consistency hasn't been there this year. And that's the issue. It's the consistency that we all want, right? And we were we were messaging back and forth on every single goal. We were like, VAR's taking it away. VAR's taking it away. Like, well, we're at the point where we just assume. That's my default, right? All season. It's, you know, I'm not going to get excited. I'm just going to wait. Even the last one, Mo Salah, even, I, I knew he was in our half, but I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised <laughs> if, they, if they find a reason to say it touched somebody's finger or something. So, Hey, man. I mean, they did take away a goal for us because it touched Firmino's hand in our half in the quote unquote build yeah, up to exactly. the goal. So if something happens in our half of the field, it simply cannot affect the goal that, but, but apparently it does. So at this point, like VAR has truly beaten it out of us. And I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm kind of floored <laughs> at first when Firmino scored, I was like, who's that? who's number nine because he's never in the box like i'm i don't know what happened to him today i i got nothing <laughs> yeah it, yeah um i mean when when he's scoring and assisting it's great right all his little flicks even though even if they don't come off when he's in the mood you you kind of accept it because he does deliver right so even after he scored the first goal there was there was another shot where Normally, he would pass when really he should shoot. And that time, he should have passed, and instead he shot, right? Um, 
but which is good because it, it shows that his confidence is back and he still tried a few flicks when he shouldn't have but i i guess there's nothing that you can do about that as long as he's scoring and and you know being in 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 position to to finish off you know what so i think that's the big one for me is being in position so i would say uh firmino's second goal is probably belongs to jota because before Jota, you would never see Firmino playing that number, the traditional number nine position being in the middle of the box to, um, you know, uh, vacuum up the scraps and put not, them away. Not for a couple seasons anyway. Yeah. And so, see, like when he scored, so his first goal, okay, fine. He, he can head the ball when, you know, the mood strikes him. But that second goal, he's never in that spot. And it's refreshing to see. Because look, when he is in that spot, on the field, good things can happen. So, I mean, I liked seeing that. I just wish he would do it more. And seeing Jota be rewarded for those type of positional goals, maybe it's getting Firmino to realize he can do that too. I mean, I I, I, I truly hope that his coaches are talking to him, but at this point, I'll take whatever reason it is. <laughs> well, I mean, where Firmino's scoring, what on earth is Jota doing? Have we like coached the goals out of him or something? Yeah. Um, I mean, that shot that hit the, the post. I mean, there's just... I, 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 I don't know. Beginning of the season, no way he misses that. So, yeah, for that one, for that one, um, I kind of think that Firmino didn't do him the best of uh, favors with the pass. Because he, he held it up a bit, he held it up a bit. He it wasn't quite in front of him, so he gave Chota a, Jota a decision to make. Right? If if he had put it a little bit more in front of him, then Jota would have had no. He would have already positioned himself to kind of curve it around. Uh, I was going to say De Gea, but um, Henderson. But the fact that he had to just pause and position the ball a little bit, and then Henderson, to his credit, came out quickly. So he he instinctively just went for power. Um, so yeah, it was a pass. I, I don't know, you know, um, again, Firmino was just a little bit too cute. He should have just sent that immediately right in front of Jota. Yeah, I, I would agree, but still you would think Jota would be able to close that out. Um, I mean, the good I, thing about him is that it doesn't seem to affect his form because, um, he's, he still does take quality shots throughout the game. And of course he is still scoring. So hopefully it's just, it's a blip and, um, he will continue to to put put um, chances away, as long as he is allowed to play, right? So kudos to Klopp for playing him. I was surprised that Mane was dropped, but it worked out. But um, I'm, I'm still not convinced that that's apparently Mane was surprised he was dropped too, and he was not happy about it. Which yeah, which, which is good. It, so I have no problem with you being mad about being dropped. I have a problem with you not being not shaking your manager's hand and having words with him. That one's not necessary. But hey, man, if you're angry, look, if Mane's angry and he starts next game and he goes out and scores three goals, that's what he should do. Right. You you don't get mad because you didn't get what you wanted. You go out and you show why you should be given the next game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the one thing I will say, so Nat Phillips, so on uh, Firmino's first goal, the the free kick at the end of the first half. Um, I'll be honest. I was kind of surprised. I I don't think Nat Phillips was in the lineup there. 
Like no, he wasn't. Yeah, I, and I wonder if they were just trying to play safe because it was it was literally the last kick of the or close to the last kick of the half, um, or perhaps they they were trying to put off the Manchester United defense by you know kind of giving them something to think about. Well, it was definitely a different feel, and I you could tell it before it. Manchester United was a little bit confused about who was covering who. Mm-hmm. So. Again, to your point, I don't know if it was just playing it safe, because let's face it, going in at the half 1-1 would have been fine. Or if it was a case of, you know, we we were trying to mess with them, and I think if we were trying, we did manage it. Right. So, you know, hopefully, um, you know, we can, uh, you know, I don't know. I still would like to see Nat Phillips get his head on something. But, I mean, he made up for that. Um with his wow, like that guy wanted this game, eh? <laughs> he hustled yeah. and he worked even in their box. Yeah, and and that's 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 the energy that that we need on you know in in a season like this. Um, we really need that type of leadership. Um, I was even I was also impressed with Genie today. It lo- you know, he was aggressive and he was he 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 he. he he he, uh, he had the confidence to back himself with some neat tricks and then just pushing forward rather than turning around and passing back. So I, I just don't know why he doesn't do that more often. What about the uh, penalty shot that was given and taken away by VAR? Thoughts on it? In isolation, I can understand why they chose to not call it a penalty. But as we were saying before, my frustration is the consistency. So even just last week, I'm pretty sure I saw a penalty given for something similar where... Um, the defender clearly made contact with the ball, but yet they, in fact, wasn't it Southampton? I think, yeah, it was Vestergaard, right? And then it was rescinded in the week. So they gave him a red, I don't know if it was a penalty or free kick, but they gave him a red card. And then in during the week, they rescinded it. So I don't know what's going on. You know what the thing <laughs> is? He made on. contact with the ball. Yes, but... Uh, you, you can't go and and wildly kick at anything and anyone you want. As well, long as you make contact with the ball, you can you can destroy people's legs. Like it still needs to be under control, and I would not classify that as an under control play. That was well, a reckless play. Well, not ne- well. You can argue both ways. None of us really knows whether he was being reckless or whether he was being a defender just trying to hoof the ball away, right? And. If I'm a defender, I'm looking at the ball and I'm, I want to hoof the ball away and suddenly somebody just kicks into me. I'm not trying to be reckless, right? But unfortunately, I may have done some damage, but I'm not really trying to be reckless. Um, I mean, I when you're on a 50-50 ball and you end up coming cleat on someone's shin, uh, I mean, I would, I would prefer to see you more in control. Um, but again... This is, you know, the year that it is, and VAR is not going to give us anything. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, it, to me, it's it's more a question what question of what exactly is the rule. That's what I don't know because I've seen I've I've seen them given, I've seen them not. So I couldn't tell you. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they said the penalty stands, and I'm not surprised that they took it away, right? So I, I honestly, I like I don't know what the rule is, but I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't classify it as reckless play. But but then to your point of I don't know what the rule is, Cavani towards the end of the game where he put his hand on the ball to knock it down. Intentional handball is a yellow card. That's literally in the rule book. Right. He was already on a yellow, so he gets sent off. That's yeah. 
No, I mean, I've seen a guy sent off for kicking the ball away because he was already on a yellow. He got that's automatically a yellow. Therefore, he got sent off. So everybody's like, "Oh, you can't send a guy off for that." People have been sent off for kicking the ball away. Intentionally using your hand to knock down a ball to get a shot on net is an automatic yellow. So I don't know what the rules are. I really don't. I mean, it's a cheap way to get a guy off. But still, I just I just want the rules applied in a way that I understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, from from their side, I don't know. I think I don't know. From the man you side, I didn't see anybody play that spectacular a game. I I thought they were gen- generically okay, but overall, I don't think anyone really set themselves apart. I thought, you know, they were they were mostly beat at every position. Um, you know, I know Rashford and Fernandez scored, but again, those were, those needed a bit of luck. Um, and, and it's funny because at the end, Rashford almost got a carbon copy of his goal, except nobody tipped it in this time and it went wide. (laughs) So, um, you know, on, on our side, I don't know, who did you think? I mean, Matt Phillips, I loved how he played today. He was strong. He was tough. Um, Trent seemed to play quite well today. Yeah. Uh, I I I think that Trent was our strongest play, or at least our most influential player. I'd say um, he drove and he cut into the midfield as well, which which was important, especially a game like this because there was so much space in the midfield in the second half. It was it was crazy. The first half was very tight, but the second half, I mean, there was acres of space. So it's good that he was smart enough to cut it. And also, to be fair, Robertson did the same thing too. But I mean, there's only so much gas left in that engine, right? Oh, poor guy. He's just, he's running on, he's running on fumes after the fumes were done. I feel so bad for him. And the problem is that he, he's going to be captaining Scotland in the Euros this summer. So I don't know when he gets a break. I, hopefully Scotland gets out of the Euros early. Like, I don't even mean it in a mean way. I just feel bad for the guy. He looks just genuinely finished. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it wasn't it, so. I I agree with you. Alexander Arnold was cutting nicely in. I also thought he carried through the middle quite well. Like there were times where he could have maybe made that early pass to Salah, but instead he actually brought it up quite well and not just down the wing. I'm I'm liking that more and more. And and honestly, I'd love to see him move into the midfield. I think he's probably got a lot to offer there. Yeah, and and um, did you say that when Nico Williams came in, did he actually push Trent up? No, I was really hoping that Trent would get pushed up, okay. but Williams actually went to play in Salah's position. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'm like, why? Like, give Alexander Arnold like a, a two minute run in the midfield. But I mean, yeah, he chose not to. Probably the better thing, right? Because it takes the pressure off of Williams, right? He doesn't have to worry about his defensive duties. Just go out there and then be the winger that you really are, right? Cause, cause some chaos, try to defend from the top. It also would have been nice if we would have seen Tamikas in there, maybe. If we would have seen, I don't know, is Davies even on the team still? Uh, apparently, he's injured, of course. Uh, I don't know, like, like he could have put someone else on, right? Because we only, but again, it's the standard Klopp thing, right? He he. We used to be subs today, though. Well, one at ninety minutes. Yeah, because because we scored. Right. So yes. um, to be fair, it would have been because we didn't have anything on the bench to 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 replace. Um, we didn't have any options on the bench when it was a three two. It would have been a risk. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of surprised by that, even though I don't know. We just we don't have much on the bench, which is kind of surprising. We brought in Jones, which I thought was good. Genie played well, but I also think he's getting tired too. Yeah. So I thought that was a great change, and I thought Jones looked okay. Um, yeah, he held the ball up, waste of time. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, Mane, I mean, he didn't play great, but he definitely um, was active. Yeah, he 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 gives that defense something to think about, and then in, in, inherently that their midfielders push back and they're thinking less about attacking and more about how to contain. So th- that was maybe I I do have to give Klopp his props for that. Maybe that was his plan all along, but um, it was quite a risky plan if that's that's the case. It's true. Although what's crazy is on our bench we actually had two keepers. <laughs> Did we really? Apparently we had Adrian Kelleher and Adrian. Kelleher. I'm looking right now at the lineup, and we had Ben Woodburn as well. So we're just totally out of players. Yeah, Woodburn's been on the bench the last two games. Um, I would love to see him. I, I I think he still has something to offer. He I think he he would have had something to offer earlier in the se- or midway in the season when n- none of our strikers were were performing and Origi was out. Yeah, Origi's at least back too, so that gives us a little bit of something up front. But again, if we're if we're winning a game and holding, you got nothing to bring off the bench other than Curtis yeah. Jones. Yeah, exactly. There's no point bringing on Shaq for you know if we're trying to hold. Who knows where Cater is? Um, I, think, I don't think he's, he's, on, he's on the side of a milk carton, buddy. Yeah. Nobody's seen him. Everyone's going looking for him. Honestly, I feel bad. I don't know. Like his his career's really kind of fallen apart, unfortunately. Um, you know, but but uh, he's not getting it back this year. Hopefully, he's got a, another chance. But I mean, today, like, here's the thing: you want to know what a big difference the game makes. We had 17 shots today, and eight of them were on target. So we had almost half of our shots went on target, which is more than we can say in most of our games. That's more like it, yeah. And and they were higher quality shots on target than simply when we take 30 shots and 10 of them are on target those 10 are you may as well not even shoot right maybe two of them were, were quality but in this yeah. case we were creating proper offensive opportunities right and it fe- mm-hmm. yeah so it also felt like our scrambles in the box seemed more um i don't know offensive aggressive like it was there was more to it than there usually is and I don't really know why that was. I don't know if it was Man U defending poorly, but like when uh, when Phillips decided he was going to play striker, <laughs> and I mean he did he did a great job getting the shot off. I'm assuming it was a shot and not a pass, mm-hmm. but like there there seemed legitimate like chaos happening in like the chaos of old, where things are happening in the box, and all of a sudden the ball comes to us and we pop it in. Yeah. It felt a lot more like the old school, the way we used to play. Yeah, and and Manchester United couldn't um, can handle it, so um, we really needed to be doing that to more teams. Because yeah, really, there, there are not that many good teams in the EPL, right? Let's just get it straight. There aren't that many good teams. It, no, it's a strong league. But what I mean, sorry, maybe I should rephrase that. We should have more than enough for most teams. But we have just chosen not to remember how to attack. I agree. I also feel like in general this season, 
all of our attacks, we get unlucky and a lot of our opponent's attacks, they have one or two quality chances and they score. And it's in, yeah. And it, and it felt a little bit that, that way when uh, Fernandez scored. <laughs> I was like, oh man, here we go again. But the thing is, like, if you really look at Man U, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Liverpool looked better, but it was still a good game. Like, Man U's season this year has been a lot of tips, a lot of lucky breaks, a lot of deflections. Um, you know, I could very much see them being in line for a big regression next year. Um, they they seem to make a big jump this year up, and I think they'll have a big jump down next year. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say that they made a big jump this year. I think they just didn't regress as all the other teams around, right? And they they were consistently lucky, and then that that consistent luck breeds confidence, right? They do have really good players, and of course, when you you're able to win games from losing positions so often, I don't, I don't think they've lost away this season, right? And they've probably come uh, come from behind to win in 90% of those games. It just seems like every week they're down at half and then they win a game. It seems like every week that's that, that's what I'm watching. And then here or there, there's a penalty. Um, so it's it's nice to know that that luck or that phase is running out because I just, all season, I, I watch Manchester United and I don't know what they are. I, I, I don't understand what I'm watching. When well, they're winning, when they're losing, I'm, I'm, I just don't. Is this a good team underperforming, or is this a terrible team overperforming? I have no idea what they are. Yeah, I mean, I watch them, and yet I, I keep like at the end of the game, I'm like, they won it, but they were the worst team. Like that's how it feels, game in and game out. But they that do play said, well, though. That's the thing, you know, they do play well. So they do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something at you that you're gonna be like, there's no way. Total shots, they had more total shots than us. Uh, they had more corners. Um, they had more passes. We had the same amount of accurate passes. They had significantly more long balls. And they had eight crosses, eight successful crosses to R2. They had more dribbles, more duels won, more areas won, and more tackles. Statistically, they actually did quite a number on us. And and you know what? And maybe that's maybe that's exactly it. Because in isolation, when when I dissect each of those stats, I do see that they are very good at crossing. I do see that they are very good at overlapping. I do see that they are very good at shooting. I do see that they are very good at passing. I do see all these. You know, they're very good at. They have a good keeper. It's just, and then somehow they put all these pieces together in, in the former team, right? And then, for the most for the most part, you will win games if you have, you know, if you do those individual things very well. But then, when you're watching it as a fan, or not a fan of theirs, but as a football fan, it's confusing. You, you don't understand what you're watching, but it's it's a it's almost like a Frankenstein, right? Yeah, but and again, so this is an example. Um, Ariel, so the the crosses they had more corners and they had significantly more crosses um that's where you get to having two central defenders for liverpool makes a huge difference mm-hmm. because when you're crossing into fabinho and henderson versus crossing into nat phillips and uh, reese williams it's a lot harder to cross in to two guys who've been 
like trained drilled for a decade on exactly where to be positionally for crosses how to handle a header coming through all of that than it is for two converted midfielders yeah yeah and and i would have thought they they you know the way they scored i would have thought they tried to split us up more that way you know and i would have brought on greenwood sooner um because i i agree they can they could have crossed all they wanted chances are between phillips Allison and Williams that we'd be able to deal with it. But the way that they just slipped that ball through the Rashford and he, you know, he was able to just cut cut through us, have the shot and then actually score was kind of concerning. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Phillips and Williams are great through the air. They're not the fastest and they both lack a little bit of uh turn. Not just turn, but experience. Right, like if you know you're slower than the other guy, you need to you need to start your run a step earlier than him. Right, and I just I think they know it, but they don't quite know when to start their run, especially because they're being told by Klopp hold that high line. Yeah, so you don't want to break the line early, but then that leads to you being a touch late on those type of runs, and it doesn't help that Robertson came in and <laughs> slid and touched the ball into the corner. But I mean, look, they long balls, they did much better. They had 32 long balls to R15. Uh, and yet, if you're talking about real chances, I did feel like our long balls were more threatening in a lot of ways. I mean, the other one that was a little bit frustrating was when Mane just couldn't get that ball under control. I really think he should have had that one. Yeah. And, and for that one, I'll excuse him because he was fresh off the bench. But we all know that if even if he wasn't, he wasn't going to put, put that one away. With the season he's had, I know he's had just a season of nightmares. He can't get a call. He can't control the ball. He like just nothing seems to be working for him this year. I feel for the guy. Yeah, but uh, I mean overall. So who's your uh, man of the match on this one? I would say Trent. Um, I I would have said Tiago, but there were a couple of occasions where he was a little bit too slow on the ball, and he allowed himself to be crowded out by the Manchester United players. But uh, Trent was consistent from top to bottom, came in with an assist, should have had more assists. And um, yeah, he was a driving force throughout the game. Yeah, I'll actually, uh, I'm actually split between Firmino because he actually got two goals and he remembered where the net is, um, or Phillips. Because I'll be honest, in Phillips, I just saw a hunger that I could believe towards the end when people got tired or were driving the team. Um, right. But I think I'll have to give it to Firmino. He hasn't he hasn't scored in a long time. I don't think he's ever scored against Man U, and so he got two today. And that definitely, uh, you know, the 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 goal right before halftime, and then the goal just after halftime. You know, that's that's what we need from him. He's a center. You know, he's a number nine. He needs to play like it. So uh, so I'll give him the man of the match. But I agree with you. Trent played very well. It was a, it was an impressive show from him. And now, I mean, at the end of the day, we're we got three more points. So uh, I guess the next big game to watch is not Liverpool's. It's Leicester versus uh, Chelsea. Who uh, who do you want to win that one? Are you talking about the FA Cup or the league? Oh, I mean, God, I don't care about the FA Cup. The league. They play the FA Cup first. They play the FA Cup first. Yeah. So, But, but then the league one. We'll play before them. Um, we're, we're playing West Brom on Sunday, and then they'll play. So assuming that we win... Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I want Leicester to win. I, 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 I think 
Chelsea are a little bit more dam or would be more damaged by their collapse than Leicester. I think Leicester with the with the gift win that they had on Tuesday from Manchester United, I think that they can see a pathway to where they just make the uh, you know the seventy points that they need. Um, Chelsea, I think, as soon as they start hearing or of seeing Liverpool creeping up, then they'll start thinking maybe we should just put all our eggs in the Champions League final basket, and it could, it could start playing on their mind. Yeah, but then don't forget that uh, Leicester has ghosts of last year playing in their mind where they managed to throw away a guaranteed Champions League spot. So maybe that's going to play in their head too a little bit. I think the win, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has just like exercised those demons for, uh, you know, for <laughs> Yeah, I could believe that. Yeah. I mean, playing that, that, I mean, it wasn't even the backups. It was guys that just haven't even played this year. It was an embarrassment of a team. But and I would agree. Be a bad thing. You know, I think the most significant thing that happened for us this week was Chelsea losing to Arsenal. Like I, I, I think they're the they're now our target again, because if we win our next game, we'll be one point behind, and then they play Leicester. The pressure is all on Chelsea. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if if Chelsea loses that game, then then they no longer have their fate in their hands. Exactly. And that that I think will spook them for sure. Yeah. And then, so, like, and that'll be, and that'll be a lot of pressure. But then the other thing that I think they have working against them is they've always got win the Champions League in their back pocket. Exactly. And that will actually probably hurt them more than it helps them. I I agree completely because it just gives the coach something more to think about and to tweak. And he, I mean, they have so many players there, so I don't even know who his first team lineup is. And then their last game is against Aston Villa at at Aston Villa with, with ten thousand fans. So regardless of what Aston Villa is playing for, they will not want to lose that game, you know? The only game in front of their fans this year. Exactly. So it's not looking good for Chelsea. I, you know, their only chance, actually the only chance is against Manchester City, I believe. Or- their best chance to make Champions League is beating Manchester City. Right. I could very easily see them losing to Leicester and then losing against Aston Villa. Easily. It will not be a surprise to anybody. I mean, at the end of the day, we could like win one and tie two, and if Chelsea loses both, we could actually make it in. Yeah. I mean, let's not go that route. Let's not go that route. But I'm saying I could, I could very easily see Chelsea lose both of their games. So I would agree with you. I think that Chelsea loss to Arsenal definitely puts the target on their back, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much thinking they're the people that we have to gun for. So, so here's a question: If Kabak is possible for the next few games do we bring him back or do we just keep the team that we have right now no you bring him back he's much he's much better than williams in in an understanding of the game and the physical and pace and and pace and all that um he's definitely improved he's not as tall as williams but he also won't make the silly mistake that'll lead to a goal he's more likely to make the silly mistake that'll give up a foul like a free kick surprisingly he's actually better in the air I don't know how because Williams is huge. Yeah, he's just he's just young. He hasn't worked out how to use his height. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, now Phillips is a I don't know a black hole for the ball in our end. I don't know how it it always seems to track to his head, which is kind of amazing that he can't score a goal for us because you'd think off a corner it it should be the same thing, but he's clearly not been trained in that side. Yeah. So 
it should be a good rest of the season. One game at one game at a time, and um, I think right now Klopp just needs to be continue being brave and play his best team and um, work him to the ground. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the ForensicCop.com website.